Hello and welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast. Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo. How are you doing this week, buddy? I'm good. How are you, man? Oh, doing fantastic. Quiet week, you know, hockey-wise. No hockey really over the weekend other than all the all-star stuff. And <clears throat> as we all know, our Panthers not playing for uh, quite a while here. So um, I really don't know what to do in the meantime. Just kind of wait for them to return, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but. Uh, but yeah, uh, things are good. The good news is that even though the Panthers are not playing uh, for a little while here, we do still have a decent amount of stuff we can talk about. So hopefully, not too boring of an episode. Uh, right out of the gate, though, I think probably the biggest hockey related story uh, before the All Star break um, Chicago Blackhawks, everyone's favorite team, uh, beloved. They hold a, a nice uh, townhouse style meeting with, uh, you know, their ownership group and, and kind of leaders in their organization uh, to give, you know, fans some insight into the organization. And really just the whole purpose is realistically just to generate uh, positive PR for, for the franchise, um, which shockingly it did not do uh, as uh, Mark Lazarus, uh, Blackhawks reporter, uh goes right in asking some questions uh, about the the Kyle Beach incident, which, um, I mean, I think it was an inevitable question to come up, right? Right. I mean, I feel like you had to be asked. Uh, and he's asking about that, but he's kind of framing it as to like, you know, after this Kyle Beach incident and everything that came public, you know, kind of what are the, the things that you're doing to increase your transparency and accountability uh, in terms of stuff in the public? I don't think, I think it's a fair question. I think it's an easy question, right? Mm -hmm. And probably a question that, you know, if I were on that stage, I'd probably be prepared to answer. Yeah. Uh, and be prepped ahead of time. Uh, clearly, Rocky Wirtz, owner of the Chicago Blackhawks, was not prepared for that one and had no interest in answering it, basically shutting down the reporter, getting very angry, saying repeatedly, we're not going to talk about 2010, even though the question wasn't really about 2010. Um what are your thoughts on, on the whole whole incident there? Oh man, like I don't know where to start. Like you'd think he'd be hypersensitive to that subject, PR wise, to to do the absolute most not to attract more attention to it, right? Yeah. And what does he do? The complete opposite. He Complete creates opposite. another like, like fiasco out of it. Yeah, like to me, like first of all, I think it's like absurd that you would not be prepped ahead of time for that question, right? He seemed because I think another reporter followed up asking kind of a similar line of questioning, and was shut down. 
And I believe the quote from Rocky Words is, why don't we talk about something else? Why don't we talk about season tickets? Why don't we talk about our GM search, right? We're yeah, not going to talk about I think about it was that. GM search specifically he met, he, he brought up. Yeah. So clearly the Blackhawks are trying to just leave this in the past, right? Yeah. And I don't think that's a realistic possibility. No, it shouldn't be a possibility. It's uh, not. Yeah, like I don't know how that could have gone much worse uh, for them as an organization. And I feel bad because there's Danny Wirtz on the stage too, his son. I forget what his role is. He tried to jump in and be like, actually, I can take this one. And yeah. he's immediately shut down by his father. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, a- like, like, obviously, like, 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 fine, like that happened. Everyone's like, well, what's going to come of it, right? Like, yeah, he's going to be like, whatever, publicly shamed or, you know, yeah. whatever you call what happens on Twitter. Um, well, the other interesting thing, too, because like stuff comes up a lot, right? When it gets talked about a lot on Twitter, the fact that it was brought up on TNT that night, right? And typically broadcast partners with the NHL are very hesitant to talk about stuff that is critical or might damage the NHL. So I think the fact that they actually brought it up and were going to talk and talked about it on the show, I think is incredible. And the fact that you have Wayne Gretzky there, who, if you know, everyone knows Wayne Gretzky, he doesn't bad mouth the league right he doesn't really weigh in on these kind of things the fact that he kind of came with a pretty strong statement saying like you know if you're a parent and your your 18 year old uh son gets drafted to this team you want to know that you're being you know they're being protected they're being cared for they're going to be in safe hands and are they in chicago like it doesn't seem like it no it's it's a bit scary and then then but like obviously no surprise the league's the league's view of it, and uh, you know Gary Bettman was asked multiple questions about it at the All Star Game weekend at the you know press conference. No action. We're gonna call it uh what was it an emotional outburst? Yeah, which I would say it probably wasn't. It, it probably was an emotional outburst and, and Bettman did say like, Oh, it happens to everyone. But my question is name another NHL executive in his position, CEO, chairman, whatever, who's had an emotional outburst like that. No, it just doesn't happen. It doesn't right? happen. And like, I you- agree. I agree that emotional outbursts happen. That's fine. I literally had one last night. Yeah. No, they but like, I'm also not an NHL, the chairman of an NHL franchise. Yeah. And I think a lot of, like, even if let's say you're willing to say that it was purely an emotional outburst, I still think that there's a lot that can be understood through an emotional outburst. You can tell, I mean, even if it's an emotional outburst, you can tell that, you know, his mentality is that they don't want accountability. They don't want transparency. They don't want to talk about this. They want this to just go away and to move on. Right. That's the underlying message of what Rocky Wirtz is saying there. He's tired of it. That's that's the message is I'm sick of talking about this. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Well, yeah. And and the, the reality is that is not how you fix sexual abuse scandals. That is not how you fix the problem. You fix the problem by talking about it. Yeah. And it's like, I don't like being shit on either. But if I deserve it and like the Blackhawks very much deserve it in that situation, they deserve to have those things talked about. You know, you got to be prepared for that. 
and you got to have something better than it's it we're not talking about 2011 or 2010 when you just hired Marion Hosa and Patrick Sharp as well so clearly you still are thinking about 2010 like it's it's bad and then you you, you like I just I cannot comprehend what was going on through his mind that he was that like, like uh, I'm trying to find the words but that like insensitive that's that's stupid yeah like yeah there, there's no remorse there there's no there's no thought about Kyle Beach in that situation it's Rocky words feels attacked like like by like I'm sorry like to the commissioner but people who have emotional outs out, like people in the position that Rocky Roots is in, you you are held to a higher standard than the rest of the population. And I think that's fair. That's the reality of the position. Yeah. Like it is fair that the president of the United States, I know this is a like much bigger like comparison. I'm just trying to illustrate the point. It, it, it is fair that the president of the United States cannot do certain things that common folk do. Yeah. Well, yeah. When you're in that position, you have a, like a responsibility, right. And you have to do your job. And one of the things Rocky Wirt said is, you know what, like if you he said, you know, you're not a part of, you're not a part of this team, right. We'll talk about it internally. Right. But I'm not going to share what we're doing with you because you're not a part of our team. And it's like, that just simply isn't true because, sport organizations like the Chicago Blackhawks aren't worth a billion dollars without the reporters, without the fans, right? They very much deserve to know these types of things about the organization. If you're a fan of this team, how do you have any faith in this organization? Like how do you have any confidence in them to have any moral standing in any situation? Like you just, you can't. I don't think you do. And on top of that, the team sucks. That's the other part of it too is like, you're hosting a town hall, which I think is a great idea, right? I think teams should do that more often, right? Yeah. They should do it better, but they should do it, right? But your team sucks, right? It's been scandal after scandal. What did you think this town hall was going to be? Did you think reporters were coming there and say, wow, like, you guys done a great job drafting recently. Tell us about that. How'd you do that? Like, no. Like, I, I just... I cannot understand what was going on in his mind. Like, I don't even know. Not if he, a lot. I don't even know if he's actually remorseful about it. Probably not. Oh, definitely not. We did put out. Yeah. Like he put out the statement. He put out a statement, statement, but like he had to. Well, yeah, it's very clearly not written by him. Right. Like, and then is, is I, I, I cannot remember the second reporter's name. The other, um, the, think, the question I, about I think season it was Paul tickets. Thompson, but I could be Paul wrong. Thompson. Okay. Um, like it's so funny because he asked something about season tickets, you know, and like, like, yeah, Rocky dodges the question, like the original question, which was alluding to the 2010 scandal. Then, as soon as like there's a question he's okay with, he just pawns it off to somebody else on the stage. Yeah, like, and I get that he's maybe not the most like qualified person to to answer the question in that moment, but also. Like you just had an emotional outburst on stage. People are very skeptical of the situation. It looks optically very bad to just pawn off the question. Yeah, it looks really bad on, on him and the organization. Like you're you're the owner. It's, it's your team, right? Like 
really like the, the entire time. And you said it about his son is I just, I felt bad for the other people on the stage. Yeah. There were three other people. Like I feel extremely bad for them. Like they were, they must've been beyond embarrassed. Well, yeah. Well, and I think Mark Lazarus said like Danny Wirtz like came up to him after and like kind of apologized and said like, yeah, like we have stuff like I'll, I'll talk to you about it for sure. Yeah. Right. Which is, which is good of him to do. But at the end of the day, it's it's not Danny Wirtz's team. It's Rocky Wirtz. When you're in that position, you set the tone for your team in terms of how it's operated and the culture and everything like that. And if that's what it is at the top, it's going to trickle down throughout the organization. Absolutely. Uh, so just like you have to lead by example. I am a firm believer in leading by example. And that is not an that is not an example you want to set for your organization. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, I don't like, I don't want to root for that team. Like I, I wasn't anyways, but yeah. like, how, how do you support that? Or, and again, like, and yeah, if you're a player and your son was just drafted by them, I don't have confidence. They're going to take care of my child. I don't have kids, but like, if I did one day, yeah, maybe, maybe who knows, but like it's stuff like that, where it's just like, you have just like, you're just eroding public trust time and time again. Right. And it won't stop until it starts affecting you financially, which it very well might soon. Exactly. Right. Like that's, you know, I mean, that's the reality of like most sports teams these days, but just an absolute disaster. I think for the Blackhawks, especially for an event that was trying to do literally the exact opposite of what it did. Right. Right. It, it, It backfired profusely. Yeah. Not, not ideal for them, but then, you know, all star weekend starts up and it kind of, I don't anticipate we're going to hear much more of this. Except today. Well, there is that today. Like, like I don't know if we're ready to segue into that. Well, we might as well. We're here. We might as well. I know this isn't a Blackhawks show, but like Panthers aren't playing and Blackhawks keep fucking up. So let's, let's keep rolling Blackhawks did something that I have never seen. It, like, maybe I just have missed it. But something that I have never seen of any NHL organization. We have seen it in the NFL, and I believe we've actually even talked about it on the podcast. I think you mentioned it a couple episodes with regards to, to when yeah. you're searching for, for GMs and coaches yeah. and stuff. So the Blackhawks, obviously, searching for GM after Stan Bowman left, announce on their social media account that they've conducted an interview with Peter Shirelli for their GM position. Yeah, I've never before seen a team announce that they've interviewed a candidate. Like we all, for, like it wasn't like news. Like we all knew they were like it come out before that they were going to interview Peter Shirelli, right? Like you always, you always hear the rumors for, you know, it used to be Bob McKenzie, but like now it's mostly like Pierre LeBron, Darren Dreger, like all those guys. Like they're the first ones they'll say like here are the candidates, and then the local reporters for each team. Oh yeah, will so be, you, will you, have you get an idea. Scoop. Yeah, but very rarely do you have a team come out and say, "Oh, we interviewed this guy." Exactly. Bold, like bold move asked. from the bold move from the Blackhawks, I think. Especially considering it was for Peter Shirelli. Yeah, I think it's one of those things. Like, do you think they put that out as like, all right, like let's see if we can get people talking about this instead? Like, honestly, and just make it just official. Like, let's like just make it official that we're enemy. thinking about this guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Peter Shirelli. Like, first of all, I think that's a poor choice for candidate. Uh, but you know, whatever. If that's the the route they want to go and it gets people talking because he's not a popular guy. It does get people talking. Right. So to me, it seems like it's a weird move for a team to put that out there. It does seem a little bit of like, let's change the topic. 
Yeah. Because Rocky Words did say they wanted to talk about the GM search. Yeah. So they're they're probably just throwing that out there. But I think, I mean, Peter Schilling, Chicago, I mean, like, it's a good fit, I think. I mean, it, it fits well with the Seth Jones eight by nine and a half. Yeah. Like, seems pretty on brand with what something Peter Shirelli would do. He's probably thinking about buying him out and resigning him for more. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the thought there. The next step is going to be to trade for Miko Koskinen. Oh, his guy. Oh, my God. Hi, to man these days. It's like, yeah. No, I like the I like the fit of Peter Shirley there. He's, I do not I do not like the concept of announcing who you're interviewed in the NHL. No, like no, I feel like if the can't. NFL does it, that's fine. That's their thing. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't want this to become a new thing that teams do. No, I don't I don't either. Like now I feel like you kind of have to hire the guy. Yeah. And otherwise. Like when when during the offseason, when they were when when the Panthers were interviewing candidates for the gm position like yeah i i don't wish they told me who they were interviewing no I am, he, like do your due diligence don't let public opinion sway you yeah i like, do what's right for your organization hire the right people and this is this is something we'll talk about i think a little later on the podcast yeah is, I think we'll talk about it later yeah is do what's right for your organization do what's right for you internally and then worry about the external expectations. Yeah, like it's so unnecessary. Now I'm gonna be really disappointed if the Blackhawks don't hire Shirelli. Because now that now they've already like I, I really team. want it. I want I really it. Really too. I mean, like Peter Shirelli, like as much as I don't particularly think he's great at, at being a general manager, he he does provide entertainment. And at the end of the day, it is an entertainment industry. I always say this. I just want to be entertained when it you, comes you to need, other teams and stuff. You need one team that just like yeah. like you know like just does the opposite of hits home runs, just strikes out looking at every single at-bat or yeah. swinging. I guess he struck out swinging multiple times. He, sw- he swings. That, I think that's what you want. You don't yeah, want, I guess you do want to see him strike out swinging every single time. And, and he's pretty pretty consistent at that, I would say. He is. Uh, he drafts okay. I think when it comes to free agency and uh, trades, maybe not as strong as suits. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But... It's also one of those ones to me where I'm thinking like, because the NHL, like they're so notorious for just recycling like the same six people, right? Mm-hmm. Over and over again. And it's like, I, I don't like it at all, but like, I can kind of understand it if it's like, it's like warranted, like they've had like some semblance of success, but like Peter Shirelli has been pretty much a disaster. Yeah. For and the you last look, you... eight years, he was a general manager. You look at the two most recent. We don't know the Canucks hiring yet. That is taking much longer than I thought. They did. We did. They did announce it. Oh, they did. The GM. Yeah, they went with the Swedish guy. Can you remind me the name? I can't remember the name. Swedish though. But interesting hire. New guy. Yeah. Yeah. You look at the three. The past three hires: Montreal Canucks and uh, Anaheim. Yeah. All three guys new to the position. Yeah, like, yeah, they're all guys who have worked their way up into positions where they're very much qualified for these roles. Like, don't get me wrong there. And I'd much rather see that than recycling a guy who's like... Exactly. You, you, because I get the hesitancy, and I'm sure there was maybe some of that when Bill Zito came to Florida, where it's like, you've never seen this guy be a GM before. 
So you don't know what to expect. You don't know how people are going to perform in that role until they're there. It's like when Minnesota hired Paul Fenton and Paul Fenton was an AGM for a long time on a really successful Predators team with David Poyle. And so he was always rumored to be in the running. And it's like, as much as he's like a very uh, intriguing candidate, right? And very qualified until you're in that role, you don't know what they're going to do, right? It's Mm -hmm. always a bit of a risk. But when you've seen a guy in the role and do bad in the role, right? What more do you need to see? Like, why do you even bother? And do you know where Peter Shirelli was for the last few years? St. Louis AGM. Yeah, like... I believe after he joined, I believe one of their first moves was trading and extending Justin Falk. Well, trading for and extending Justin Falk. That was an okay move, though. The extension. Like, the extension wasn't ideal, for sure. Well, if if you... Okay, if you looked at it as an isolated move, I could... You could understand... You could come to the conclusion yeah. it's not bad. If you look at it as, as they brought in Justin Falk, they signed him for way too much, and then they didn't have the money to keep Petrangelo. Then or Vince Dunn. Or Vince Dunn, who we were big Vince Dunn fans. Huge Vince Dunn fans. Uh, very well known fact. Um, so stuff like that where it's like, I don't know what he's done to to make you think this is a good idea. Exactly. Right. Like, like- if you go with the unknown, like you roll the dice, but if you know, and you know, it's bad, why would you do it? Right. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think of a good analogy for it. Like, but I just, I don't know. I, yeah, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Like, if you, just... Okay. You go to a restaurant that you've been to before and you ordered something last time and it sucked. And instead of trying a new item, you're like, Oh, I hated that. I'm going to get it again. Literally. It's that. It's literally that. Yeah. Okay. It's me every time I go to McDonald's thinking this time the snack wrap is going to be good. And every single time it's made with whole wheat wrap and it's taste like earth. It's quite dry. eh? It's what this is a separate topic, but what the fuck McDonald's you had a perfect recipe in the snack wrap and you just, you put a wheat, wrap in there and it's like you ruined the entire concept it's just unbelievably dry it makes it gross it's like 90 and the wrap's too big too for like the chicken it's like 90 percent wrap exactly right this is a completely other topic but it's the same concept yeah they're they're crushing it with the nuggets though i'll give them that i do i do love me some yeah yeah we talked about them on that one episode um (laughs) but yeah okay we we should should probably start talking about some panther stuff uh Notably, last episode of the podcast, last weekend, we recorded on Sunday. On Monday night, uh, Panthers are playing. We spent a decent amount of that episode talking about two players who we think are not getting enough attention on the Florida Panthers, which were Anton Wendell and Mason Marshman, right? Mm -hmm. And almost as if on cue, they go out and have career nights, the both of them, six points for Marshman, five points for Wendell. Mason Marshman, I think he had one of the highest, if if you like, you know, uh, advanced statistics stuff. He had like one of the best game scores recorded by anyone this season in the league. Like it was ridiculous. Like he simply could not be stopped that night. It was insane. Mm-hmm. Right. And now we fully saw it coming. Right. So like, yeah, like I was texting you and I was like, I, I was actually like the first period, like they both had like three points and I was like, we were trying to figure out what the, what was going on. Yeah. Like, yeah, we were like, it was like, they're going on and texting you. I'm like, Oh, like three points for our guys again tonight. Like, it's nice, but not surprised. 
it's like unbelievable. Unbelievable. And and might I say, we seem to have swayed some opinion about Lindell for Calder. It's gaining traction. I think, I think it was Aaron Eckblad who posted on his Instagram story. Yeah. That he should get the Calder. I, I don't want to say it's thanks to our episode about Lindell being underrated for the Calder trophy, like running, but like it yeah. definitely played a part, I think. Well, and I do love this sequence of events that like occurred when you talk about rookies and like obviously, like I think Anton Lundell absolutely needs to be in the conversation for, for the Calder trophy. He should be a finalist for it, right? Mm-hmm. And Mason Marshman, if there was an underrated player in the league award or a most improved player in the league award, <clears throat> which we have. Uh, talked about them adding in the past uh he would be in the running for those i think yeah and i think it, you could argue that it would have been back-to-back panthers that you would have given it to carter verhage last year you most likely would have right it really was it'd probably be panthers for a good while here right like yeah um but yeah talk like talking about the call the right so anton lindell goes out five point night career night then he is named Rookie of the Month for the month of January. Yes. Deservedly so. I mean, he was hands down the best rookie in January, right? Just looking at the scoring numbers alone would tell you that. Then looking at all the other things Anton Lundell gives you defensively that the other players don't. Um, very clearly the best rookie this month. He's only getting better as the season goes along. Um So he gets the five-point night. He gets Rookie of the Month. Then the NHL announces their, like, all rookie team, right? So the three best forwards, two best defensemen, one goalie. No Anton Lindell. Of course not. Right. And to me, that just seems absurd. Like, I think they probably got it right with the goalie. I think they got it right with both defensemen that they had on there. But when you talk about forwards, I don't know how you can argue for Tanner Janot over uh, Anton Lindell. And I do like Tanner Janot. I don't get it. But I, I, there just isn't a case. There isn't. That's right? the thing. Who like, comes I think, up with these? Like I think it's closer because like Janot and Lundell both don't get a lot of power play time, right? So when you're looking at their scoring statistics, they're they're close. Lundells are better, right? So the fact that they're both doing a lot of what they're doing at five on five, like they're both good players, right? So it's a nice comparable in that sense. But Anton Lundell has still been much better, right? And than, there's the defensive game. The defensive game, like. And I get it's harder for people to to value that, right? It's a less right. quantitative yeah. evaluation than with, with it's offense. It's more subjective than objective. Yeah. But to me, I just don't know how he, like how he's not there. It seems absurd. Like, like he, Yeah, I don't know who comes up with these. Uh, whoever does, I think they're dead wrong. Because like, it, they just are. Like and Don Lundell will finish or should finish top three in Calder voting this year, if not number one. If he if he finishes with like sixty or seventy points while being, you know, if he finishes with sixty points as a third line center, shutting down like playing his defensive game, like he has to be there. He has to right. And you look at all the other rookies, like like Zegers is very good, very skilled, right. And we'll talk yeah. about him later because we're going to talk about the All-Star game, right? He's an unbelievable player, right? But he slowed down. Lucas Raymond has slowed down. Moritz Sider's been pretty steady, but he's a defenseman. Yeah. But, like, Wendell just keeps getting better and better and better. And 
the like this I you know I thought his ceiling was here at the start of the season it's gone up significantly like this guy's this good already exactly right and like he's going to be so important to the Panthers and for the foreseeable future like that's right. just the reality of it him on his ELC 3 years on an ELC like that is going to be Could win so, 3 cups yeah it's so like Having that, especially with Huberto, you know, needing to be needing a new contract, having him on his ELC, having a player that good costing you that little is so important in order to to compete and be a top team. Like, yeah, that's just the way the NHL is right now. Like those ELCs are so valuable. Yeah, like that was one thing because like it, we we used to both live with uh, several Leafs fans, right? And we both, I think, always thought it was really dumb of them to not be going all in when Matthews and Marners were on their ELCs because they were both very good players. Like they've gotten better since then for sure, but not by that much, not in relation to how much they were being paid then right. to how much they're being paid now. Right. Yeah. Like th- those guys were costing you like less than 2 mil against the cap. Now they're costing you 22 million against the cap. It's a huge difference. Yeah, I mean, we can obviously talk about the Leafs at length, and we have done it, but like, it, it doesn't make sense. Like, like you, the the with the cap situation in the NHL nowadays, you have to capitalize on those bargain deals as much as possible, and there is no better bargain than a high performing youngster on an ELC. Yeah, and, and it, it doesn't exist. Yeah, and I think I don't know when this was. It was probably a while ago. I don't know if it was start before this season or last season, but we always talked about like this is what Florida needs to be competitive, right? They need to have at least one or two guys on ELCs that are gonna be able to perform at a high level. Like Anton Lundell has done that right out of the gate. It's fantastic, right? Next year, could Spencer Knight still on his ELC? Can he, you know, kind of take the reins a bit from Bobrovsky? Like you need guys. You you need them. Right. Especially when you're good and you're, you know, and guys, your top guys are finally going to be paid market value. Right. Like, and, and who knows? Like, it's like, it's so tough. Like, you don't know what Lindell's going to be worth in two years. He no. could be a $10 million player for all we know. Right. And so, and so I, I don't think he will, but like, I kind of hope he will. Yeah. Let's just for the sake of it, right, let's say he is. Right. And so, why not take advantage of him uh, being, this inexpensive while you can and i've but i have full confidence that i think the i think the florida panthers probably would agree with that and probably have the same mentality of because exactly because this is a contending team so let's do what we can to add to it and and keep going is i'm sure what what they're thinking and anton Modell has already become such a huge part of this team that line has been fantastic with him Mm -hmm. reinhardt and and marchman it just makes this team so much more dangerous. Lethal. Um, it is lethal. It is lethal, right? That's the reality. Like the top nine is absurd, right? And then your fourth line just buzzes, right? Buzzes. And just causes havoc. Like Ryan Lomberg, like, oh, you think you're, you finally survived the first three lines. And then Ryan Lomberg comes over the boards and absolutely trucks you. And you've and got like, Joe Thornton, who's still like very capable of making plays at his age. Oh, yeah. Ageless wonder. Kind like, of I, like, yeah, I mean, he slowed down a little bit, like quite a lot, but, but like, like he still. Then you compare with like his ice time too. Yeah, like I don't know for his age, I feel like he's he's doing quite well. Like I just seeing him play, he's 
he's making he's making plays. Yeah, because the thing is, like Joe Thornton's game is never based around speed. He was never fast. Right. Right. And even when he was, you know, in his prime, it's always been how he visualizes and how he passes and those stuff. Yeah. That stuff ages well. Which is what allows him to still, you know, be able to get in the lineup now and again and, and contribute. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And and yeah, this, like the team is unbelievable. Like Brendan Brind- Moore was saying it at the All-Star game too. Like that team is so, so much fun to watch, just not to play against. They're, yeah, I think he used the word juggernaut. I think he did, and I honestly think he undersold the team. Exactly. Like, he's not wrong, and I think that's the way a lot of people in this fan base feel about this team. Like, they, right. this is the best team that they've that the Panthers have ever had, right? And there's just so much excitement, and it just it could not be going better, really. It really couldn't. Really couldn't. Um, we're going to talk some more stuff, but first, uh, a quick ad read here from our good friends over at DraftKings. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here in honor of the big game DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56 is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country if, if Sportsbook isn't in your state yet Play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at $1 million top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code THPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 or over, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text TN Redwine. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call Eight eight or call eight seven seven eight H O P E N Y or text H O P E N Y, which is four six seven three six nine. Okay, they switched it up on me a bit at the end. There is different than it usually. As you say, it got a lot longer. It did. I wasn't ready for that. I rarely, if ever, read these ad reads ahead of time. Yeah. No, and nor should you. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i mean it's the same kind of way we approach this podcast it's just bullet points exactly um but just before we move on i'm actually curious though super bowl 56 who you got rams Bengals. i entered a pool i chose rams i've got to go rams well that's treasonous because i'm a seahawks fan but like i don't care that much either way like obviously like rams division rival so i wouldn't love that but like Matt Stafford, like he had to put up with like years in Detroit, right? So like, exactly, that, like that, like like I, I'm fine, kind of kind of fine with either team because like, like I that, am too. That'd be a nice story for the Rams, and then like the Bengals, you know, I love I love me some Joey Burrow, right? The Bengals, they have nothing, right? So like, like quite literally, the Bengals, you can't make this shit up. Yeah, like, like it's just it's an unbelievable story that for them to go all the way would be like. 
just insane. Yeah, and then when one of their players came out and said that they were doing it for Harambe, um, That's just, I was sold. Exactly. Right, yeah, you got to do it. Um, but it should be a fun game. Should be a lot yeah, of fun. I think it will, yeah. Yeah, looking and forward. the halftime show is going to be insane. Yeah, it's going to bang. It's going to be a good halftime show. Like It might be the best that we've experienced in our lifetime so far. Most likely. I can't remember many from our lifetime. I remember Katy Perry's, and I didn't like that one that much. Well, see, well they, they had the they had, uh, shark that didn't dance. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of the shark. Yeah, no one was. I I see because usually the halftime Justin I go Timberlake. I remember kind of. Yeah, I don't know. Usually I get snacks and drinks, so like yeah. during halftime, so I'm not really watching it. Favorite but, Super Bowl snack. Favorite Super Bowl snack. Ooh, this is a really tough one. Well, for. You can it's, pick a drink and a snack. Okay, because I don't have a snack. For snack, I'll go with, like, wings. Yeah, okay. Right? But usually, thing is, I really like spicy food and, like, spicy wings. But because uh, none of my roommates can handle it ever, I we have to get, like, mild ones. And it always kind of bums me out just a little bit. But for drinks, and I think you know this, every year for the Super Bowl, usually we try to have a few people come over. And I make a bucket of mojitos. Like I go to Walmart, I buy whatever size bucket they have. And then I make like 20 liters of mojitos. And then like, it ends up being like two of us who drink them, but like, <laughs> it's sick. That's my, so I love doing that. I love making the, the bucket of mojitos. So, but what about you? Wings also. And it has to be Buffalo wings. It's I don't think, be, right? like, I, oh man. what is the point of a mild wing? You know, what absolutely killed me. It was like, two years ago and i forget where i was but somebody ordered like dry salt and pepper wings i kind of fuck with those no but i i do but not on that day that's fair enough i but i, I drank a lot of mojitos so i didn't really care yeah but, like, my hot take my hot take is that i think the the classic that everyone goes for that i just i honey garlic or honey barbecue I think, I'm not a fan. I, see, I I need my wings to be spicy and I need them to be buffalo spicy or just hot sauce. Like yeah. I I need a kick. Like buffalo like or sorry, honey barbecue or honey garlic just doesn't cut it for me. See, I, I don't mind honey garlic, but like they got to be good. Right? Like yeah. if you've done a nice honey garlic wing, like I'm in. Uh miss me with the barbecue stuff for sure. Uh my question to you, the last question before we get we stop talking because I'm getting hungry here. I'm um, starving. I'm starving. Um, <laughs> haven't eaten in a while. But uh, dipping sauce, blue cheese or ranch? Ranch. Or ranch. Ranch. I, yeah. you know, blue cheese in the right setting. It's not that I don't like it. It's okay. But I just, I don't, ranch is better for me. Yeah. So here's the thing for me. Because like, I like both. Also, right? wait, 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 wait. The blue, the blue cheese sauce cannot have pieces in it. I don't do that. Oh, it has no. to be a smooth sauce. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a smooth sauce. So yeah, I'm with <laughs> you on that. But the thing for me is like, is I, I go I go with both. But like, blue cheese is good, but I can't eat a lot of it, right? Right. Like I gotta have a couple, right? But I can't. And the thing is, right. like, it's Super Bowl. I want to have like thirty wings. Yes. So I'm gonna go ranch. Yes. Right. That's just the reality of the situation. Um. But yeah, I'm looking forward to the Super Bowl this year. Should be fun. Although I think yeah, I have to work me that too. night. Me too. But I think it'll be really good. Yeah, yeah, should be really good. But okay, back to hockey stuff. Back this weekend, hockey. All-Star Weekend in Vegas. 
we neither of us had we wa- didn't watch all of it because it's a lot right and um, I mean, we've got lives we're, we're, we're kind of busy guys yeah we, yeah we got yeah we have stuff going on and, and and we're also we're not the target audience really for the all-star mm-hmm. game right it's more for the younger fans um skills competition they introduced a couple of new events they had jonathan huberto from our panthers doing um it was like a saucer pass competition outside on the bellagio fountain um thoughts on that one really really interesting concept yeah like really interesting like props to the nhl for going out of their way to like make something very unique and use vegas as like just notoriety notoriety is that the word? notoriety notoriety oops Uh, Um, second language it's you know like props to the nhl for that but like we talked about this a little off air before we started is the execution yeah it's a little lacking and i heard so i i wasn't able to watch this event but i heard there was just a lack of background music it made it seem just like awkward it, it, that was a, that was the issue for me is like it seemed kind of awkward and like there just wasn't any energy out there right because i don't know how many fans were out there watching it but they're so far away right because you're in the middle of a fountain mm-hmm. right and blah it's a big fountain right so like it just seemed like it lacked a lot of energy uh for an all-star event like it's not the same as when you're in the building and there's lots of fans there you're outside you can't really you know so it's just kind of like awkward kind of interviews right and not a whole lot going on but I did say to you, like, before we uh, start recording here, like, I think if you watched it with no sound on, like, it was on mute, it was a very visually stimulating event. Like, the water in the background was really cool. The fountains going off. So I did mm-hmm. like that, right? And having the yes. players' names lit up along the fountain. So from a visual perspective, I, I really enjoyed it. It would probably just need a couple tweaks. Yeah. Um, and then they had the other one, the blackjack one, which was like, blackjack one was good, but it seemed uh, I was you know, some confusion, I think there with the events. And again, same kind of thing with just a lack of energy. Yeah. And like, part of it's just like that, that's NHL players. Like they're not the most charismatic guys. No, a lot of them aren't. Right. So like, like that also plays a, a factor, obviously. Yeah, for sure. So like you're you're kind of setting them up to fail in a way. Yeah, which is why like the one event I really liked because obviously like I do like like hardest shot and like fastest lap just from a purely like I like I'm curious standpoint, right? Yeah. Right. Like I just want to see guys like rib the puck and you know skate around, see who's fast. They all are, turns out. Um, but the the one I think that people enjoyed the most was probably I forget what they called it. It was basically just like a shootout of like style event player comes in, takes an attempt, right. Does something kind of fun, kind of similar to the slam dunk contest in, in basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that one. Cause there was a little, there's more personality there from the players, right? Like there was more ability to be personable. And then the players I think did a really good job of, you know, coming up with some fun things like Kaprizov dressed up as Ovi. Um, yeah. I also really loved how like the, he put on all the gear and then the interview came over him to ask, you know, I came over to him to ask a couple of questions mm-hmm. and very clearly this guy doesn't speak English. So he just skated away 
Um, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's on brand. Like, I like that. You know, he does the, the hot stick celebration. So I like that. Jack Hughes, you know, incorporated a kid into his vent and they do the stick toss. Like, that's fun. Um, stuff like that. And then obviously the one that everyone loved, which was the Trevor Zegris one, um, where he went in, he had the the average Joe's dodgeball uniform on, mm-hmm. he throws on the blindfold, and he does just an absurd lacrosse style kind of move. Ridiculous. Like, you know, now like because that's the one where it's like the other ones they're like fun, but that to me, like that's the one that like there's actual skill involved. And yeah, he, exactly. And he did something fun with it, right? You know, he's doing that with dodgeballs being thrown at him, right? And he's got the whole thing, right? And good too, because like Trevor Zegers also like the only guy there who like wasn't an all-star. Yeah. Right. He was just there purely for that moment and he did deliver. So credit to him, right? It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think everyone really enjoyed that. And then he didn't win. And then yeah. he lost to Alex Petrangelo, who had a nice idea, not the best execution, maybe didn't score the goal. Um but uh, he he got the, the the win in the end thanks to a generous uh, nineteen point score from John Ham, who, who was completely unbiased in the process. Yeah, surely the fact that Petrangelo didn't captain his Blues to a Stanley Cup that didn't play a factor. Um, hometown like hometown guy too like vegas vegas player in vegas definitely did not have any no certainly not anything to do with the decision either so yeah i mean i have an issue there like i like trevor zegras i think he got some like some like judges gave him like nines and i'm like if that's a nine like what the fuck's a 10 exactly what tops that and apparently the answer is alex petrangelo not scoring yeah yeah so yeah that wasn't wasn't ideal and then the game itself i didn't watch too much of Right, I didn't um, watch any of it. Yeah, I like, only saw the Huberto go, the Huberto's goal. He looks really good playing with Matthews, um, Austin Matthews. Um, just pointing this out for no reason. Free agent in a couple of years. Could mm-hmm. he take his talents down south to Florida? To you play never know. On the Panthers fourth line. I, I mean, the, the spot's there. there. The spot's there. It's. It's for him to prove that he can, he can like, you know, like it's, it's up to Matthews to prove that he can hang with the fourth line of the Florida Panthers. Yeah. Which I'm not, I'm not sold on yet, but me neither. But yeah, the chemistry there was nice. Um, And Andrew Burnett also coaching did a phenomenal Mm -hmm. job coaching. I mean, you don't really do much coaching an all-star game, but he did have the offside challenge, you know, Uh, some people love, some people hate it. I like it, you know, the end of the day like if you're offside you're offside you know exactly you can't just bend the rules because like there's really much on the line exactly right like that's the whole point did get the impression that there were several players mostly all of them that were hung over i mean we know for a fact pete DeBoer was yeah well pete DeBoer. i mean that was inevitable i mean pete DeBoer. we also like pete DeBoer. like at the same time like he says he's hung over i appreciate the honesty at the same time though pete hear me Dude. out you live in Vegas. <laughs> For every other person there, it was it was you know oh weekend in Vegas. This is sick, you know. Let's go to a party. You live there, my guy. <laughs> like surely, surely this wasn't that. Like I get like yeah, there's more people there, but like <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not the same. But like yeah, I did get the impression that you know there were some tired tired guys out there. Yeah, like that's what happens when you put an all star game in Vegas, right? Yeah. 
And then next year, All-Star game, coming to, coming to Florida. Coming to Sunrise. Yeah, you excited for it? Very excited. We might have to look into that one. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, we might as well go. Yeah, I mean, why not? Yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, see if them, they don't make yeah, the there's... Stanley Cup final this year, because we said we were going to go to the Cup final if they make it. Well, yeah. We might have to transfer the resources to going to the All-Star game next year. Yeah, or even if they don't make the finals this year, we could still go and go to the outlets. I actually love those outlets. There's the outlets saw... right next to the... Uh, yeah, the Sawgrass. Floor. Yeah, so, so nice. Yeah. There's so many outlets, too. Yeah, it's awesome. So many stores. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic yeah. stuff. That's one of my favorite parts. I remember I got a golf hat, and then I Ooh. left it in an Uber in New York. It was pretty... Oh, pretty sad day. That's a sad one. Yeah, yeah. I got shoes last time, like the Nike store. Yeah, I got the the hat at the Nike store. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, I got a few things at Adidas. Like it's a great, great, great spot. Yeah, really fun. Yeah, yeah, and I think the the, uh, but like going back to the All Star Game being in Florida, I think one of the nice things too is that when you're having the All Star Game too, like they're like be like the mm-hmm. FLA Live Arena, like it's an older arena. So I think to have the event there, like they're going to need to make some upgrades to the arena, which I think will be nice to have. Um, so I'm excited for that, you know, to kind of, you know, make things a little bit nicer if you're going to have, you know, a bunch of fans coming in uh, from different fan bases and all the players and stuff. So I think, I think it's a great uh, spot to have it. I'm glad that they're still having it there uh, because it got, you know, kind of pushed last time. Mm-hmm. So uh yeah, I think it should be a fun event. Do you have any ideas? Because for the Vegas one, uh, they had some vague, you know, they had obviously with the Blackjack and the Bellagio Fountain, they had some Vegas style events, you know, right? And in St. Louis, they had one with like that giant arch or something. Do you have any ideas for Florida style events that you could have? You know, as I suggested, suggested very informally, um, tarps off. So they could do like skins versus shirts. Oh yeah, be pretty interesting, but I don't think that's a very realistic possibility. Nor should they do it from an optical standpoint. Well, someone's um, gonna probably go tarps off for like the skills comp, which would be pretty cool. Oh yeah, like I the, the, cool. the, like yeah, yeah, imagine like the, the players will have fun, right? It's Florida, right? Maybe Bobrovsky does it. Who knows? Oh, if he's if he's there, I mean, he, why not? Um, yeah, I, I honestly, I I haven't really gotten to thought think about it too much, but like. Definitely, like, there's so much to do, like, involving the local community. Like, yeah. And it's a, it's a very diverse area. So th- there's a lot that can be done. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I, I think they will come up with something very creative and very exciting. Oh, I, yeah, I agree. Well, I thought about, like, Florida known for, like, beaches and stuff. There's not really a beach close to the arena, right? Otherwise, you could do, like the Bellagio fountain, like you could do a saucer pass thing on the beach. Right. Yeah. My other thought was, you know how in the NFL, they had the pro bowl, right. Which was uh, yesterday. Right. Yeah. And they have like the dodgeball that they do. Right. Mm-hmm. You take the arena, you take out the rink, you yeet down a ton of sand beach volleyball. That would be, that would be fun. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I like what you're thinking. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking something along those lines. Keep it, yeah. you know, keep it fine. Yeah. I had, I had some other ideas that involved like alligators and I kind of just thought at the end, they sounded too dangerous. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. <laughs> it seemed like, 
there's gonna be need like waivers and stuff. So, but I think beach volleyball. <laughs> uh, I yeah, I am sure they'll they'll come up with something fantastic. Yeah, and hopefully we'll be there to witness it. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, and it'll be a lot of fun to have in Florida, and it'll mean Florida will likely have more all stars at the game, um, because they're hosting it, which will be great because they deserve to have more. Um, so I think yeah, I think it'll be a really uh, fun event. So even though it's yeah, it's not really like the, the you know it's not really for us, but I think it's it's a fun thing. Yeah, right? and like you know if we, if we have the ability to, I absolutely am, I'm so down to go. Me too. Yeah. Um, last thing to talk about before we go, real quick. <laughs> okay. Um, hold on, I'm gonna pull it up. Actually, you know what? We're we're running late on time. I'll we'll, we'll talk about it next episode because we have there's nothing going on these days. So yeah, uh, we'll leave that for another episode. I'll, I think I'll that's a good call. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, that does it for this one. Thank you so much to everyone tuning in, listening. Uh, as always and we will be back next Monday with a brand new episode and we hope to see you all then Back up.